Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Phase Zero podcast, comicbook.com's Marvel podcast. It's been a long, long journey to this moment. But we finally made it. And I am thrilled to be a part of your conversation on a weekly basis now. My name is Brandon Davis. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet some of you know me from Twitter as the Brandalorian or Brandavision or as my friends call me, BD. Uh, and I'm your host here on Phase Zero. Uh, this is just the beginning. I promise you this is going to be an epic ride if I have anything to do with it. Uh, if I have any, if it's under my control, I'm going to do everything I can to make this as epic as possible. Uh, and I am joined today for the first episode ever uh, by ComicBook.com's Jamie Jurak. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. This is going to be awesome. Uh, and Jim Viscardi. That's right. We're doing it, baby. That's Finally right. got that MCU podcast. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the first two episodes of WandaVision and full spoilers. The two episodes are available now on Disney Plus. Finally. 563 days between MCU pieces of content. Uh, the big crit later on the show. Uh, I just wanted to start this episode by introducing ourselves and the show. Uh, so first, just let me explain what I want this show to be. I want Phase Zero to be a place for people who are new to it all and people who think they know it all when it comes to Marvel. We are always going to be Marvel at our core, uh, but we will be spilling into The Mandalorian and Zack Snyder's Justice League and The Suicide Squad and The Boys and a little bit of this and a little bit of that when those times come. Uh, but for now, it's all about Marvel. And as I said, we are Marvel at our core. I, I have I have very ambitious hopes and plans for this show. That means sometimes bringing you insights from the actors and filmmakers and comic creators uh, at Marvel and Marvel Studios, creating opportunities for some of you to interact with some of your favorite members of the Marvel family. We'll get to that down the line, hopefully. Uh, and eventually, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe we do live events in person. Uh, one day, maybe somebody who's listening now ends up working for comicbook.com or the Phase Zero podcast. I want to create opportunities like that. I want to create a community that's positive and fun and celebrates uh, the Marvel stuff that we love every week for the rest of my life. Here we are. This is my job. This is my legacy, Phase Zero. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not forever, but uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, and so uh, <laughs> I can't think of a better job. This is This is such a privilege to be here. It's such an honor to be doing this. Uh, and I want to introduce you. Enough about me and Phase Zero. I want to introduce you to my co-hosts. Uh, is, is this working here? I think I can hear everybody. Uh, yeah. Jamie Jurak is a self-proclaimed Wanda Stan, uh, as you can see in the background of her house there. Uh, Jamie, I want. She's just an all-around awesome person. If you don't follow her on Twitter, you're missing out. Uh, she's right here at ComicBook.com. So, Jamie, first, how do you fit into this Marvel world, in your opinion? I'm not a 
came to admit that um, I'm a, a movie person my whole life, and I, I get into things through movies. Uh, music, as comics, doesn't matter. And so I came late. I, I, I saw Ultron in 2015, and uh, I saw Elizabeth Olsen on the screen, and it changed my life. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I said, that is my favorite hero. I've been waiting, I've, I was 25, like I've been waiting my whole life for her. And uh, it turned me into this crazy person uh, that I have today. Wait, 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 Age, Age of Ultron was your first Marvel movie? No, 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 it was my first oh, Scarlet okay. Witch. Okay, Internet. for a second I was like, whoa, wait. No, no, I've seen, uh, I've seen I saw okay. Iron Man in theaters. Perfect. <laughs> but, um, but, but Wanda wise, Marvel wise, um, my introduction was X Men when I was ten in theaters. Okay. It's all yeah. movies. I started that way. I can you believe how far we've come that that X Men was in theaters like twenty one years ago now. I know. I, I saw that first one in, like in theaters like ten times easily, and I sat in the same seat in my small theater every single time. I don't that know was me too. I saw X2 so many times. <laughs> so, okay, so Jamie, I'm going to put you on the spot here just to really make sure we get to know you in the first episode. Okay. What do you think is the most overrated Marvel Studios movie? Oh. Oh, um, I, you know, I, I hate, I feel bad, but I do have an answer. I'm not a fan of the first Avenger, um, which is funny because Winter Soldier is my favorite. Uh, of all of them, <laughs> you, you like that answer? I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, yeah, I'm, it's like too much of an origin story for me. I, I, I get. I, I just. I love Peggy. Oh my gosh, give me Peggy Carter all day. But it, I'm just not a big fan of that movie. <laughs> this is it and now everybody has unsubscribed they hate us jamie me and you <laughs> we're in this together though uh okay so now we're going to turn our attention to jim viscardi uh jim is kind of the man behind the curtain here at comicbook.com he's a moon knight mega fan uh and he has some personal connections through his history through his life to marvel and, and he's an all-around good guy and honestly nobody sends emails better than jim viscardi so uh <laughs> Jim, uh, if you would tell us about your, this is your brag moment. I want you to brag on yourself. Uh, tell right. everybody your role in, in, in your history with Marvel and how you kind of fit into this world. So I, so I worked at Marvel for, for a while. Um, I, uh, it was, it, look, my, the, the time I was at Marvel is probably like, I can imagine working at Marvel now is very exciting. But when, when I was at Marvel, the MCU didn't exist. Marvel studios didn't ex like Marvel studios ex existed, but like, it was a shoe, you know shoebox office kind of thing. Iron Man one had not come out yet, and so I remember the surprise that everyone had when Iron Man became such a huge hit of a movie. Uh, and then, but then, like it was followed up with you know then we got Thor and then we got Hulk and everyone was like, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, and then you know and then it kind of you know came back swinging and, and and all that. So that so that was a that was a lot of fun because it was just a little bit before the Disney, like the Disney acquisition. I, I was there during the Disney acquisition and just saying how all, like you can see that spark happen. And then it was just like, boom, let's go. It was a lot, was a lot of fun um, to, to be. And then I basically, you know, I was a Mar I've been a Marvel fan through and through, which is, you know, I, I can't imagine a surprise to anyone like X-Men, the animated series and all that is where, you know, how, how deep that goes for me. Um, and and yeah, and so I've just been able to like take something I love and continue to do and just like keep doing it, right? Like so, being able to start and uh, help start and grow comic book to you know what we're doing now is is a lot of fun. So yeah, it's been a Jim. I've been I think I started a comic book just a few months after you did, 
And yep. I mean, you talk about, you know, we were, we were real small. We were a real small <laughs> show back then. Uh, there was four we, of us in the office. There were four of us in one cube surrounded in a sports office, surrounded by diehard sports fans. <laughs> yeah, and, <it> was. <laughs> and now we are this. That's right. And now the sports, sports people fans. are like, yeah, they're like, look at, we wish we could keep up. That's right. That's Run right. your 40 faster. Uh, Jim, my question for you. Oh God. Which guardian of the galaxy is the worst guardian of the galaxy? Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna get hate for this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Groot, Baby Groot specifically. Oh no, I'm just saying Groot. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Well, no, I don't know, but like Groot, Groot is probably the the least interesting of the guardians for me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Drax uh, is the best. Drax is one. It's tough. I, li- I like all of them. Uh, but okay, look at look at me starting the show by saying this is a community of positivity. What's the right. most overrated movie? And you're Who's just asking us to, to tear down the MCU. You're Twitter. Oh man. Okay. So <laughs> a little bit about me now. I just want to. Uh, actually, I'm going to echo a little bit of what Jim said too. I just want you guys to know everybody who's going to come on here. And if we have other comicbook.com staff members, they're going to be put through that same hazing of talking about themselves. Uh, A little bit about me, though. I started at comicbook.com more than six years ago now. Hard to believe it's been that long. I hosted a similar show like this, Phase Zero, uh, centered around The Walking Dead. It was called After the Dead. And that taught me a lot about how to produce these things and host these things. Uh, And it's led me to this. Uh, I've spent a lot of time on Marvel Studios sets. Uh, like Avengers Infinity War, Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Far From Home, uh, and maybe a few that I can't talk about yet. Uh, And Jim and I came up with the Phase Zero show back in October of 2019. We came up with it. And and Jim was pushing me to launch this thing, and I respect that. But I said at the time, I was like, listen, let's wait until we get closer to Black Widow, just so we have a steady uh, drip of Marvel content to talk about. Because I never want to do a show here and ask you to listen to it unless we have something to say. So fortunately, we waited. I can't imagine if we launched Phase Zero in 2019 and had to go through 2020 just talking to everybody like, well, nothing happened this week, but uh, that would have been a little here we are. We're going to be arguing that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is MC. (laughs) (laughs) We will cross that bridge. We will cross that bridge. Next time I talk to Kevin Feige, I apologize in advance. The interview you're going to see today, I did not ask him if any of the Marvel TV is canon, but I will ask him next time. I promised you that. We will get to the bottom of it. Uh, And I think with that, uh, welcome to Phase Zero. We have officially begun. We have an onslaught of Marvel content. I think 40 Fridays out of this year, 2021, we're going to get a new episode or movie if things hold up. So welcome to Phase Zero. Thank you so much for allowing us to get to this point. And that's what this show is. If it sucks, please let us know so we can course correct and make it more entertaining for you, please. Constructive criticism. And if it's great or anywhere in between, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah. If, if you haven't already, go find and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want that little extra of interactability, you can find us live on Twitch every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. That's right. So that means you have to wake up and watch the new show. That's right. Friday morning. Be we are going to be full spoilers. And if it's a movie, like when Black Widow comes out, you're going to have to see it Thursday night because we're talking about it on Friday. <laughs> and you can bet I'm going on Thursday night. That's a, that I have for, I can't think of a Marvel movie that I did not see opening night 
since the Avengers came out. The Avengers I saw opening night, I think maybe first Avenger and Thor I saw kind of the first week. But anyway, uh, so now you know us, you know the show. I'm super excited to be here, and we have to jump in. We're going to do the, the, the structure of the show is basically going to be the news of the week and then the spoilers of the week. So we're going to start with the news. And I don't know if you guys, maybe some of you live under a rock and miss this somehow. Uh, but there was a report yesterday that Chris Evans is coming back to Marvel, most likely as Captain America. It seemed pretty uncertain. The deadline report said Chris Evans is reprising his role or coming back to Marvel one way or another. It seemed very unsure of how he's coming back. Obvi obviously, we all think he's coming back to play Captain America in one way or another. I personally want to see a six-episode Disney Plus series where he delivers an Infinity Stone back to its place in each episode. But there are other ways he could come back. So first of all, before we talk about how he could come back, do you want to see him come back? Jamie, I'll go to you first. Um, you know, I'm very indifferent. I love Chris Evans, so if he wants to be in more Marvel movies, sure, let's see Chris Evans. But I also feel like we need to acknowledge that Anthony Mackie is Captain America now, and I don't want to... Uh, I don't think we should slight that. So, um, so I do like your idea of going going in the past, um, just so that anything in future moving forward is Sam's time to shine. Um, but I mean, it's Chris Evans. Who doesn't want to watch Chris Evans? <laughs> I, I mean, yes. I, my issue, my reservation here is that that story was so complete. Like that arc had a start to finish over the course of what was that nine years, and. It re I mean, listen, I know some people hate the Peggy Carter and he went back and left everybody. But I mean, you can't argue that it was a complete story one way or e whether you love it or hate it. It was told start to finish. So mm, opening that back up is risky, but, you know, they could. Jim, what do you think? He's coming back as a scroll. I mean, obviously. Like, <laughs> do you think he's in Secret Invasion? Hey, he's got, there is, if, if there were ever an easy way to reinsert Chris Evans back into to the MCU. That's definitely it. Because then, think of it this way, right? It can be a short stint kind of thing. And as far as we know right now, the only people that know Captain America is back and old are Bruce Banner, Falcon, and Bucky, right? The world still thinks... Well, I mean, it, it, that, sorry, that may change when Falcon Winter Soldier comes out because obviously, like, there's going to be something, uh, something happening there. But it could, but like, we don't know that yet. So it could be Captain America's on the run, or Captain America's retired, or or something, and they just kind of write him off that way and don't acknowledge the fact that like he's this old man. Who right? him in the in memoriam in Far From Home? Did oh, is he in the in the in memoriam? Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it's Steve, Tony, oh, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I still think he comes back as a scroll. I think yeah. that's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I asked Feige about that. As you'll, We have the interview coming up later on the show. I asked him about Secret Invasion, and you're going to see, he's, he kind of downplays the scope of Secret Invasion in, in a major way, because in comics, that involves everybody. So I, either Secret Invasion, the series, is leading into Secret Invasion, the movie, yeah, or they're just I, I lying. Think it's gonna, I think it'll probably plant a lot of seeds. And if anything, there's also the whole fact that like we're playing with time here, right? We've already seen a younger Captain America. We know Loki is going to be jumping around in time, mm -hmm. so maybe he shows up there. And like, listen, I don't think this is going to be like Steve, you know, uh, Chris Evans coming back and headlining another Captain America movie. I think this like we're going to get him in little pockets here or there. 
you know, whether it's a time thing or, or not, um, like we're going to get him in that capacity. I don't think we're going to get him in a, you know, in the spotlight kind of thing. I, I always think that, and this is such a sad note to talk about, but like with, with Black Panther, I've always wondered, like, you know, it, 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 whatever they do in the Black Panther movie, it's always going to be so tricky. We're always going to feel that void when they do time travel stuff because some people think they're going to have T'Challa be killed off in the start of the movie or just anything to write him out. And yeah. you would, it would, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of navigate going to the past and not incorporating uh, T'Challa, yeah. who would be there. Uh, but I, that's going to be a whole, I'm sure we'll talk more about black Panther two and all that uh, after, after losing Chadwick and how they move forward. But uh, yeah, the time travel stuff, especially with cap, it opens a lot of doors to not interfere with Sam Wilson yep. uh, because Sam Wilson, a toy. There was a toy. It's on Twitter. We, we, don't, we don't have to dance around it. There is I love, I love that the fact that Anthony Mackie like came out and said, you know, you like someone asked him about if you're Captain America, he's like, you would have seen concept art leaked by now. And then literally hours after that soundbite hit, the toy shows up. Yeah, bro. We literally, we see it. We know. <laughs> okay. You admit it now. I mean, listen, they lie. Sasha Banks, Jim, you saw this. I, I interviewed remember. Sasha Banks from Mandalorian. She straight up lied to me. She said, oh, I did this one episode. Well, I mean, like, and that's the thing too, right? Tatiana Maslany. forget she did an episode thing. with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But like Tatiana Maslany did like did the same thing with She-Hulk. And so now, now we can't take anybody seriously. They're all, they're all liars. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. Uh, so, but what if, what if he comes back as the human torch? I would, I would, I would explode. I- <laughs> Honestly, with all the Spider Man coming, it's possible. I'm it's saying, insane. I, I think I it's understand possible. it's possible, but man, I hope they don't do that. Like that would be that's that to me. That's a little too much. I'm just saying you can you can do a little multiverse road trip, and I'm picturing this in that scene from Guardians of the Galaxy two where Yondu and Rocket. Our, and Groot are traveling through all the like pockets of co- the cosmos. I'm picturing it kind of like that, but it's through the multiverse. And you just make a quick pit stop, and you fly by Chris Evans as the Human Torch, and then you fly by Ben Affleck as Daredevil, and everything else, and and Jennifer Garner as Electra. Please let me see it. it. It just have fun with it. I think that's it could happen. Listen, everybody, who isn't in Spider Man Three? Look at this. At this rate, we're going to get Ben Affleck's Daredevil at this point, just based off the really nice comments Ben made about Kevin fighting, about him. and I am not here fighting. Uh, there is such thing as too much. I love a good bit. So if it's two seconds, <laughs> sure. Secret Wars: Ben Affleck returning as Daredevil. Oh God, no! <laughs> to fight Charlie Cox. Uh, and speaking of Daredevil, that's actually a perfect transition. Look at that. I'm such a good host. We'll talk about that in just a second. We got to take a quick break for our podcast uh, ad stuff, and we will be right back in one second. We're back to phase zero to talk about the Defenders, Daredevil, the MCU. If you're listening to us, on Twitch, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, make sure you leave positive reviews and subscribe to our show. New episodes every Friday recorded live on Twitch at 12 p.m. Eastern time and dropping on your podcast platforms 
as close to after as we can possibly upload them. So Charlie Cox, Daredevil, MCU, everybody's in Spider-Man 3. And I'm just here to say, I, I Charlie Cox is in Spider-Man 3. You, the, the rumor came out. I have a source who has told me, uh, a very reliable source, the same source that told me Owen Wilson is in Loki. Uh, and that turned out to be true. And a couple others before that uh, says Charlie Cox was on set of Spider-Man 3. I don't know if he's Daredevil yet or fresh Daredevil. Nobody knows if he's a fresh Daredevil, if he's a fresh Matt Murdock. Uh, would, would you be okay with Charlie Cox taking on like a, a, a an essentially rebooted Daredevil if he is in Spider-Man 3? I think it's better than nothing. Uh, it's not the worst case scenario, but I I don't like the idea of, of them canceling out the shows. People put a lot of time into watching the shows, uh, and I think it's nice to keep them canon. Yeah, I, I think the, the only thing real, like the, the big question mark is, like, what what can they do, right? Like, is the Netflix stuff still Netflix's? Or, and like, can that count? I mean, obviously, you know, they mention, you know, those shows have vaguely mentioned things that have happened in the MCU, but like whether or not Marvel can actually use them, I think may actually still be a big question mark. Um, now, now that being said, if they want to do anything in the future with Charlie Cox as Daredevil, do they, like, does Marvel want to have to carry that continuity or do they want to kind of uh, start fresh knowing that like Charlie Cox can still play that same or Matt Murdock in that style. He may play, you know, maybe play it a little bit differently. Like maybe they don't want it to be as dark as that the Netflix character was. And so I think it's an opportunity for that because as, as many people who watched the show, the overall MCU audience is, is, way bigger and so this may be a lot of people's first introduction to charlie as daredevil which also could send people back to netflix to go figure it out but i think you know they may or may not do it so i think there's a lot of question marks on on how that's going to work and i, and I don't know if i like any one way better than the other would it be cool to reference all that stuff yeah absolutely uh is it fine just to start you know kind of you know from scratch i'm okay with that too it's it's really tricky because if you bring in Charlie Cox as Daredevil, you like you said, you bring in all of that continuity, right? That means you're bringing in the the Netflix stuff wasn't all great, and there were some characters that you'd like not to see. Not all the MCU stuff. Oh no, absolutely, absolute one hundred. I fully agree. Not, I mean, Iron Man two exists, uh, and so, <laughs> but I mean, do you wanted to get another try again at Iron Fists? with someone new because if you bring them all in you have to bring them all in right yeah which isn't the worst thing in the world that's the but like, like like there are a lot of those daredevil characters that are and that i really like or even I mean, like uh, iron fist feel, feels like the the odd man out right like i still want uh vincent d'onofrio's wilson fisk 100 yes. i want give me christian ritter all yeah, exactly christian ritter like the fantastic and so like there's there's still a lot of pieces i think there are more be good pieces from that world than there are bad uh but you're right you either you either have to take it all or or not and so, so I'm, be gonna curious to see how you, I'm gonna pitch you something really quickly a a, a, a spider-man 3 starts spider-man suited up walking down New York City, swinging through New York in a hurry, on the run, finds Nelson and Murdoch, 
needs a, needs a lawyer, right? Superheroing is illegal. Swings into Nelson and Murdoch, meets either Foggy or Charlie Cox as Matt Murdoch, sits down, mask on, says, I, I need help. I need help in a bad way. Charlie, camera pans over. Oh, my God, it's Charlie Cox, Matt Murdoch. He's like, what happened? I got you. I saw what, I, I saw what happened. I got you. Take the mask off. It's Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh, Char- the, the Daredevil shows are set in the same universe as the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. And then we are all like, in one way or another, we start pulling things from it into the main MCU. And we just kind of, and that sets the tone that this is a multiverse. It's all parallel connected. I Listen. That could I be think- an easy question. What was what was I doing wasting my time asking Kevin Feige questions when I could have been the movies? The comment section hates my hates my idea. That's fine. Whatever. Oh, Whatever. I, I I overall I say bring them in. I'm okay with that. I know not everybody uh not everybody has seen all of the Netflix shows. We have. I think they're more great than bad, so it's worth it to bring them in. Just like the MCU, there's more really good stuff than there is bad, lackluster stuff. So that's just kind of uh, what you got to deal with. Um, all right. So now I think it's time we talk about WandaVision. Yeah. The first two episodes are available now on Disney+. Plus. I've watched them three times now. I I've think watched them twice, but I haven't gotten there quite yet. But you're going to watch them again, aren't you? Oh, many times. Which, yeah. It it's just like that's it. This is it. This is my life now. <laughs> they're so good, and they're like snackable. They're like kind of short, so you yeah. can just kind of dive in. And they're—I love them. They're super entertaining. Uh, okay, so we're. This is full spoiler warning. Officially, we're diving into Wandavision. Spoilers from here on out. If you have not yet watched, look at that. We got a little spoiler alert tag on the stream. Bingo! Uh, and you've been warned. Episodes one and two. We have all seen episode three. We're not going to say anything about that. Uh, so. WandaVision episodes to see people are exiting because they haven't watched it yet. I respect that. You can listen to this podcast or watch it later. Phase Zero, the newest, best ever podcast, uh, is talking spoilers. First of all, uh, let's just kind of go through reactions. I love it. I think it's going to be pretty universal. We can do this pretty quickly. I thought it might have moved a little bit slowly, but I think by the time this is over, that's going to be very okay. That's going to be like, like right now, it's like, I don't know what the purpose is. Why does this exist? Uh, who's the baddie? Um, but it's entertaining enough to not care while you're watching it. And there's enough teases, especially at the end when there's the little rewind and she's just like, no. So I think the mystery element feels almost like it's, it, I haven't felt kind of this enthralled by a mystery of it all since Lost, which is my favorite show of all time. Uh, and it feels like that injected into a sitcom with Marvel characters, which is a huge, the, the biggest W you could have. W. So my reaction, I love it. It's a 4.5 out of 5 for me, as I wrote in my review. Um, the only thing I think that frustrated me a little bit at all, and this is to nitpick, was the lack of clear direction. But even then, like that's just trying to find an issue. Uh, so me, love it. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree. I think that um, the the not knowing what's coming, it, if this were all to drop at once, we wouldn't even think that. Um, but the sitcom format, it has to do it that way. So I, I totally agree. Um, it is, I love it so much. I love 
classic sitcoms. Uh, I, I was that my parents were basically the TV. I grew up watching old shows and uh, just all the connections that bewitched opening, especially in the second episode. I, I just felt like it, I was I was dreaming that they created something like this. Um, and I just love Elizabeth Olsen, her performance. Um, Paul Bettany, I did not expect to have that Dick Van Dyke energy down. God, amen. Um, what a goofy, wonderful performance he's doing. I, I was so that magic show scene I could watch all day. Uh, it is it, everything about it. And then the the eerie stuff um, when Emma Caulfield cuts her hand and it just gets there. It gut punches you when the, he's choking. There are just moments where you're like, oh, this is also terrifying. It has, it has everything. Yeah, it, it became very Twilight Zone. Right in that final, the ending there of episode one, and it just showed how quickly you can go from funny, silly, light sitcom to purposeful, scary, claustrophobic horror almost. Uh, Jim, what did you think? Uh, I I do have to say, and I have to agree with Bert Fourteen Gamer in in the chat. It felt so good to hear the Marvel fanfare again, right from the very beginning. Okay, so like firing up Disney Plus. Hitting uh, episode one of WandaVision and just hearing that bah, 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 like all over again. I was like, oh, yes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I mentioned it in uh, the, uh, you know, kind of early social uh, reactions and, uh, and uh, on, on Comic Book Nation. Like the, those moments that Jamie just talked about, the moments where you can feel the reality of the situation seep in is really what, what kept me wanting to see where is that going to happen next? And I think the first two episodes do a pretty good job of, of giving you a little bit of the, more of those moments. But I think as much as I love and, and, and I, and I've said before that like, I think they needed to put those two episodes out at the same time. Cause I think if we only got episode one, uh, a lot of people would be scratching their heads way more than they are after seeing uh, the first two. And, and, it, and I don't think it would work um, to me. This, uh, I think it was a, a solid four of an opening for me uh, mainly because to me, I think the show really solidifies itself when people, and I think people will notice that when they watch next week's episode, but it's a matter of like for newbies getting them from this week to next week may be a little bit harder for Marvel than I think we all we all think mainly because one we saw it, but two like we're like we're Marvel fans, we're ready for this. Yeah, I mean there wasn't that Baby Yoda moment like the Mandalorian had, right. where there was like, oh wow, uh, I recognize that even as a casual Star Wars fan, that's a Baby Yoda, right? I might not know when in the timeline this is and realize that's not actually Baby Yoda, but as far as my brain is telling me, wow, I've never seen that before. It's, it's familiar to me. It's very exciting. I have to see what's next. Whereas I think a casual viewer on WandaVision might just be like, what is going on here? Uh, so I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think it was a scheduling choice. I think it was a strategic, maybe even test audience choice a result of test audiences uh to release two episodes today to make sure that there was a little bit more of a clear purpose uh for people um so i, I also big shout out to the fact that they put a toaster in the episode like they literally put a toaster that's what people call vision when they want to say mean things about vision in the comics and they put a so not only did the toaster appear in the episode it had a like it basically had a face it had two knobs and a lever that made it look like it had a face and yeah. it was designed by stark industries so 
little jab at Vision there, which I love. But I, I do want to call back to like even what Jamie said with the uh, bewitched opening, like credits. Like as Marvel fans, we are so trained to like look out for every detail that I thought I was looking for every detail, but there were like a like three Easter eggs in those credits that I 100% missed. Right. So there's uh, Grim Reapers, like weird hella like hat helmet is sitting on a store shelf there uh, uh wonder oats as a potential like wonder man kind of connection and then the bova milk sign like i totally missed that but like that's the kind of stuff that marvel can do with this that really like like i need to pay better attention now moving forward i do wonder with things like the bova milk like this is all clearly so like some sort of projection from wanda right so are we gonna kind of retcon any of her history if she's having memories of bova like or or just put maybe not retcon because we haven't really seen her pre-ultra pre-age of ultron story uh i mean could the high evolutionary have created bova and then bova nannied for uh, uh, wanda and then like bova was watching wanda while her father magneto was out doing something because and her sokovian parents were just kind of foster parents or something i don't know That's, so many questions so, so many that is getting so tight uh, but yes, uh, and also the the toaster was made by Stark Industries, just like the Vision was. So, come on. <laughs> and I I think um, the the fact that we've got the toaster and then the watch, um, and the fact that uh, Wanda kind of started like her whole her first introduction to Stark was the was it a bomb or whatever when her and her brother were little, um, mm -hmm. and then the watch I don't know could indicate ticking time bomb if you put the two. Ooh. This one isn't mine, but I saw somebody theorize that the two people in those commercials that that are repeating in the two could be her parents. Oh. Um, I, I I thought that was interesting. Again, I, I wish I remembered who who tweeted it, but I but I but I was like, hmm, we don't really know anything, or at least her adoptive parents. Yeah. Um, no, but I do like I do like the idea of it all coming together. This is what it's going to be week after week now for the next like eight, <laughs> eight weeks because th there's so many more questions than there were even before the show. So uh, we uh, we also think there are subtle – I think when we look back at these first few episodes, we're going to look at them differently like even in the dialogue because things like uh, Dottie saying the devil's in the details and then Agnes saying that's not the only place he is. Like is that, a is that as obvious as it sounds? Like are we getting – Mephisto and everything else that we think we're getting here. Mephisto seems like the obvious choice with two ending with her pregnant. It yeah. just seems like that's the direction this is heading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's weird. Cause like, cause on the flip side too, like I think it could also be Dormammu, right? Like I think there's like, like given that we know, Strange is going to pl uh, play a part in that here. And uh, to me, that uh, even that potentially ties to the Strucker watch and, and the whole time aspect uh, of things and just, you know, d you know, dark dimensions and, and whatnot that like they, you know, on the flip side, I think the argument could be made that like Wanda getting pregnant part is just her own desire for, for nor like for normal and just her wanting to have kids. Right. So I think like it could really go uh, in a direction. So that's why I like, I, I, I think I like the, uh, Mephisto of it all better, but I, I don't. I think if we don't mention the possibility of Dormammu, like that may be something that like we're gonna look back and be like, oh well, it was right there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even in the toaster commercial, there it, the slogan was "Forget the past, this is your future." So there's definitely some some time 
and rewinding. She rewound time in the in the second episode. So there's definitely some time stuff, which could be interesting and not so Mephisto as we think it is. Uh, so also shout out to the seven three two banner on the uh, on the real estate side. That's New Jersey. That's where I grew up. Seven three two is my area code. Let's go. Never oh, seen the MCU before. I brought that up to Kevin Feige, and he didn't even know that was New Jersey. So I don't think New Jersey is going to play a significant role in WandaVision, unfortunately. Anyway, so we're, we got to keep moving quickly. We're, we're having a good time, but we're also talking a lot. We still have the Kevin Feige interview, which we have to get through, which is more than 10 minutes long. And so first, we're going to run through a couple of our own theories. I'm going to go first. My favorite theory is that this is all taking place inside of Vision in one way or another. Uh, or being projected out of Vision, where somebody got Vision's body at the end of Avengers Infinity War. They didn't just leave that thing in the woods. It's worth a bazillion dollars. It's made of vibranium. It's got Stark tech. Uh, it's not cheap. So it's very valuable, and it's very. it could be a great weapon if a villain gets it. It could be a great tool if a hero gets it, you know? So I think somebody got Vision's body, and Wanda in the MCU, remember, got her powers from the Mind Stone. They unlocked her powers, at least, when Wolfgang von Strucker was experimenting on her with Loki Scepter. So I want to play a clip from an interview with Paul Bettany first uh, before I go too far into this that that uh, might further my theory. Richard, roll the clip. I'm going to go back to pre-WandaVision uh, because the last time we saw you before WandaVision, you died twice. Like yeah. Your vision literally died twice to end Infinity War, and they just kind of left his body just like right there in the woods. Do you, yeah. like, has it, like... Have you ever had a conversation like, whatever happened to Vision's body? Oh, well, I know what happened to Vision's body. And you're all very soon going to know what happened that, to Vision's body. So, that yeah. kind of leads me, I mean, I guess into my next question, because, you know, obviously we're all wondering how Vision is alive. And I, I know you can't, I don't even want to, I don't want you to tell me, I'd rather experience it. And I know nobody wants the spoiler, but, you know, how, how clear is that going to be explained? Is that going to be a crystal clear kind of, we know why he's in this show. We know why he's uh, participating in this story and able to do that by, before it's over. Yes. Jack Schaefer, um, the writer, uh, has written a very intricate, elegant puzzle box. And every week people are going to be, or the fans are going to be able to peel back another layer. And in the end, there is, it is not an arbitrary decision to set it in sitcoms. So that's for sure. Uh, it will all make sense. And there will be, out of all of this mad, insane confusion that you're seeing in the trailers, all will be explained and revealed. That music was perfectly emphatic at the end there because, <laughs> because I think this whole thing has to be coming from Vision's body. He said it's all in the sitcom for a reason. Therefore, it's all in Vision, right? So Wanda either had to go into Vision to explore and try to power him back on, plug that USB stick back in, or she's powering something like it is a sitcom where people are watching, as we saw at the end of the first episode. It seems like Sword is essentially just plugging an HDMI cord into this giant hard drive and looking at what Wanda is doing in there. That's that's my takeaway. So I think my theory, it's all happening inside of Vision's body, powered by Wanda one way or another, or she's using Vision's body to create this reality. Uh, and that's why Vision thinks he's alive. 
in one way or not. I, maybe it's not fully fleshed out, but I, I think I, I like that. But I, to me, I think the thing on that is I think it's in a bubble that Wanda has created, and like because she has Vision's body, that is how Sword is able to uh, to like get optics in and and try to you know to to communicate with Wanda. Very strange that they're watching it like a sitcom, though. Well, that but that may be the reality that Wanda's creating for herself, right? Trying to create a perfect little life, like mm-hmm. what you'd see on TV. Maybe, maybe. All right. Jamie has a theory, and it has to do with House of M. Yeah, I feel like um, that Wanda is making it all happen. I think that when, and the, when the radio asks who's doing this to you, I think that that's uh, to throw us off. I think mm. they, they don't know that she's doing it. Um, and I think that partially because it's just such a classic Wanda story for her to kind of snap. Um, she's been through a lot. Uh, and then, uh, but I also think that it makes sense because then it would go, it could smoothly transition into the second Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange has helped Wanda in the comics in the past after her breakdowns. And based on the, the title and the multiverses, uh, I, that's where I think it's headed. I'm, I I like it. I like it. Like, I have to like my own theory. I have to like it's a good theory. No, it's a really good theory. I. It just makes sense for her to become a villain out of this, and I don't. We can't really say anything more because we know a little too much. But we don't know that she becomes a villain. Just for disclosure, I'm not sitting here saying I know she becomes a villain. But I think like next week you'll see maybe uh, 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 why this theory is a, is even more popular, but it, I don't even think that's a spoiler. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but I also think maybe they just want us to think that. So I don't know. I don't know. I have so many questions. I think I went into it like before it even started thinking that's what it was going to be. So I've just made up my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Jim, you have a very interesting theory, which is very different from both of ours. My, my theory hinges entirely on the beekeeper. Uh, and I think the beekeeper is, and what we know about the beekeeper, what has been shown to us, I believe, is a potential red herring, right? So it kind of takes a little bit from, from you know, your the, the question of where is Vision's body? What, it, you know, what is going on and who is, who's doing this, et cetera, where, look, there is another very tech-focused, or evil organization potentially still out there in the MCU. And that's advanced idea mechanics, AIM. Like though AIM grunts have notoriously been joked as, as beekeepers. They have that, that weird suit uh, that, that they have. And I would imagine AIM, if they have been working around in the background, kind of like a Roxxon kind of thing, right? They've legitimized themselves to, to a little bit and have been, have been working uh, or whatever that, they also want to go after Vision's body, and and they may be that the the shield part or not the shield, the sword part of it. I think is to is to throw us off. Um, that like, uh, you know, if WandaVision is the MCU show that introduces an audiences to like Modok or whatever, like it would it would be amazing. But um, but I, but I don't know. But I think like that beekeeper mystery. Almost feels so obvious, but at the same time, it it doesn't as much. And so, like, I know it's this theory is a, is a little loose, but it feels like something that those who are making the show would do to kind of throw us off and make us ask the questions. 
I like it. I like it, red shirt guy. No, I mean, I think like it's just so it would be so weirdly fitting if that is the case because uh, this is the first step into phase four. So it would set up, it could do that while simultaneously setting up the Mephisto of it all or the Dormammu of it all and setting up both the multiverse, the time travel elements, and also setting up Ant Man and the Wasp, which could deal with Modoc and time travel uh, and a lot of different things that are going to expected to be seen in phase four. So I like the theory. I think there might be some validity to it. Again, it's just, it's so like Agnes being Agatha Harkness, like a lot of our theories and what you just said, they feel like they could be so on the nose and obvious that they're too obvious. It's, they could be misleads, but at the same time, maybe there's more to them that versions of what we just said come true and something else happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, comments, uh, if you want to hit us up with your theories, you can use hashtag phase zero and you can send them to us uh, at Brandon Davis BD on Twitter and Instagram, at Jim Viscardi on Twitter and Instagram, at Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. Jamie, what, do you have Instagram? Uh, yeah, just my name, Jamie, at Jamie Jirak, J-I-R-A. Cool, yeah, so we are down to talk anytime you want uh, and we appreciate you listening to us. And right now, I've been teasing this all week long. Uh, I've been holding it hostage so we could premiere it right here on phase zero I would like to preface this. It's not on video, but everybody here knows I'm a huge Nova fan. And if you don't, now you do. When Kevin Feige and I connected on Zoom last weekend, I turned my camera on. And as soon as my camera turned on, Kevin Feige saw me and he said, Brandon, remember, this is an interview and not an audition for Nova. (laughs) It was in that moment that my soul left my body. (laughs) <laughs> it exited Faye saw it and he said now ask me questions no he didn't say that but he was he was awesome to talk to unfortunately that's not on camera I did bring up Nova uh, which you will see so we're going to run the first part of this interview this is strictly WandaVision uh, so everybody I'm very excited to say my interview with Kevin Feige right here on Phase Zero check it out Kevin thank you for talking man it's been a while it's been too long yes good seeing you I wish it was in person well, we'll get back to that, but for now, I'm very excited to talk about WandaVision, which we'll be watching from home, so it's almost fitting that we're doing That's it. That's true. Anyway. That's true. Uh, big shout out to a 732 plug in WandaVision. That's my original domain. I grew up in New Jersey. I don't know if that's indicative of where WandaVision is taking place, because I don't know what's real and what's not, uh, but that was a cool plug, so I appreciate it. So I, I kind of really just wanted to take that as a lead-in to ask, can you say when WandaVision is taking place, or is that part of the mystery? Uh, I would think any question you have that is not answered uh, yet is part of the mystery. But I'll give you another mystery. I grew up in New Jersey for 15 years in my childhood. I didn't know, what is it you say, 732? 732, that's Monmouth County right there, yeah. My area code was 213. Okay, yeah, there's 908, there's a few different ones. I think, I think I'm so old that there were not as many area codes when I lived there. Uh, and they kept adding area codes. <laughs> It's, it, it grew. It, New Jersey grew. It got, they, needed to, they needed to divide it up a little bit. Uh, okay, so let me talk about the characters in WandaVision. Wanda in comics, uh, massively complex, powerful, sometimes dangerous, huge ties to so many parts of the Marvel Universe. Um, and a lot of that we didn't get to explore in the movies. And this time we really get to focus on Wanda. Yes. Um, and what elements, I mean, whether it's her family, her powers, her evolution, her relationships, what elements are you most excited to have gotten to explore in WandaVision? All, all the above is that a good? Is that a? Can that's, I say that? that that's yeah, great. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that's the that that's the answer. You've answered the question: Why WandaVision? Why Wanda and Vision? And 
And it's a two-part answer. One is because the, the characters in the comics and the story potential there is vast and is amazingly just scratched the surface of it. And the other answer is because Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany play those two characters. And they're spectacular performers and spectacular actors um, that, again, I believed you'd only scratch the surface of seeing what they could do with those characters in the movies up to this point. Um, and that combination led to it being, uh, when we developed it and started making it, one of the first uh, uh, Disney Plus series and now the first to debut. Yeah, it, their, their performance and the characters together are fantastic through the yeah. first three episodes. In today's TV spot, uh, Agnes says to Vision, you're the Avengers, are you here to save us? Uh, and I don't, I don't want to get too into spoilers that you can't answer, but my question here is, how does kind of the world knows of the Avengers? They knew before and after Endgame, I can only imagine they know even more. Uh, how does that kind of factor into the world that we see? Uh, the world that we see, I mean, it's... Um... Yes. I mean, like all the movies um, that take place in the MCU, there's a certain amount that the public is aware of, um, which is not everything that the audience is aware of, because we have that privileged view into, into, into everything, into almost everything. But, um, but there is a, there's a knowledge, which is why somebody would recognize um, a, a red-faced android walking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, might, that might catch catch some eyes. Will do you think there will ever be physical copies of the Marvel shows uh, since they're Disney Plus? Will we ever be able to kind of add that to our collection of of 4K Blu-ray? The great uh, is Mandalorian on Blu-ray? I don't think so. I, the, the, the truth is, I don't know. I, that is a good answer. I mean, that's a good question for which I will look for the answer. I don't know. Well, I I, I would appreciate it if y'all do it. For, as you see, I'm a collector. So just it, for my two you know, cents, if, if uh, you you know you can pay a very low fee per month and have access to something that will have you can put it on your TV whenever you want. That's true. Or, I'm, I'm Disney Plus, and check it out. Yeah. Oh, listen, you don't have to convince me. You know that. Uh, okay. So with Wandavision, we know that it leads into Strange Two, and you said at the Investor Day, Spider Man Three. That leads me to wonder: this is a TV series. Does that mean this is going to have a very kind of conclusive arc, or? since it's a TV series like a traditional cliffhanger that we'll have to kind of see further down the line. Yes. <laughs> Which episode do you think is going to give the biggest, get the biggest reactions, generate the most conversation? You know, what's fun is um, I, I don't know. I mean, any one of them, they've all been designed to um, surprise and delight um, uh, as, uh, as they say. So we'll see. There, there, are, you know, a handful of them that I can think of, uh, but but all of them, I'm anxious and very excited to experience for the first time the week to week unveiling and seeing how people feel week to week. You know, usually for us, of course, it's just been feature to feature, um, um, and the moments within features we'd be excited for, which is why we would go around to theaters to to watch the audience moments. Um, now it'll be curious to see. Um, uh, as somebody behind the scenes experiencing what I've experienced as a fan on uh, uh, episode by episode on Mandalorian, which is, Oh, what's going to happen? Where's it going? What's going to, what do we, what do we think? Um, it's, it'll be fun to see that on, uh, on WandaVision and, and how awesome. people are feeling. So we have more from that interview in just a minute. We got a little off topic on the WandaVision front. We talked about the broader MCU, uh, but I do want to point out there's nobody better at making you feel like his friend while simultaneously chewing up your, your few minutes that you have for interview time as Kevin Feige is. 
Man, he spent two minutes. You spent two minutes of your ten minutes talking about Jersey area codes. I don't even talk about New Jersey. If people ask me where I'm from, I just say South Carolina more often than not. And he got me to talk about New Jersey. I, I don't know how he does it, son of a gun. But uh, but no, I think I think uh, it's I, I like the I like to think that Wandavision is going to have a really big cliffhanger. And I kind of I'm glad he didn't really answer, but I also think he didn't answer because it's going to have. Uh, a massive cliffhanger in the vein of any TV series that tells stories like this. I think it's going to have a big kind of like, I'm picturing like the hatch from lost for this. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's one I'm of those. I'm also a huge Lost fan. So I'm like, I love these comparisons. Uh, I'm into it. Look, I am just, I'm glad that Kevin has come out and, you know, said like, he there's one of the biggest arguments I think that we have now that we're in this streaming era, whether or not a show you binge a show or, or what, or get a show week to week. And I have always been the biggest supporter in the, in the, and been very vocal that I believe the week to week thing only makes a show better and stronger because uh, of how it, you know, just how it builds on that mystery. Now, that being said, I loved being able to binge Cobra Kai. I don't think Cobra, Cobra Kai is a kind of show that I would have watched uh, necessarily week to week. I probably would have, but I enjoyed watching it there. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm that side is winning me over a little bit, but when you have a show that's, or when, a, when you have a universe that is built on the mystery, like the MCU, I think it has to be week to week. And I'm glad Kevin sees that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it builds the conversation. It builds the show as a result uh, and Cobra Kai, you know, those aren't episodes that would be like, I need to talk about this with people. I need to talk about this on Twitter and, and, and day to day uh, with my friends. But the MCU with WandaVision, uh, it does open up a lot of conversation. The Mandalorian did the same thing. The boys did the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy it's week to week as well. But without further ado, we have the second half of our interview. Of course, I promised you I was going to ask him about the man called Nova. There he is, the first appearance comic, my prized possession. Uh oh, so, yeah, that's right. That's right. You want me to you want me to keep going? I got more right behind me. Okay. So, the rest of our Kevin Feige interview, we dive into a little bit more of the MCU stuff. Next time I talk to Feige, I see you all in the comments. You want to know about Daisy Johnson? I got you. Next time, that is my promise to you. the The name Daisy Johnson will be mentioned the next time I talk to Kevin Feige. That is my promise. I owe it to Stan Twitter, who has single handedly built this show before it even launched. So, Richard, go ahead and uh, roll the tape. It's great because, I mean, I almost feel like Mandalorian didn't even have any kind of uh, expectation for how big Baby Yoda would pop, how big Grogu would pop. And and that became such a phenomenon. There is no way to kind of predict it. Uh, and so, listen, we've, we've talked about those two movies. I have to ask, I, I, if you want to confirm or deny any of the rumors surrounding Spider-Man 3, you're welcome to do so. But really, my question is, uh, well, kind of it's a two, two, two questions here. Uh, does WandaVision and those two following movies, like, does it truly open up the multiverse, which kind of Mysterio talked about, but lied about uh, for the MCU? And uh, have you read any theories online from people like myself and other outlets and fans? Has anybody been close on any of their speculation? Uh, I've read some things. I'm not sure I've read all things. The fun thing about um, online speculation when it, when it comes to our stuff is how sometimes it couldn't be more off the mark and sometimes it's shockingly close. Um, that's held true for, uh, for the last 10 years. Um, but saying which of which would, would, would take all the fun out of everything. 
Um, the biggest clue is the title of the second Doctor Strange movie. That's the that's the biggest clue of where uh, uh, the multiverse of madness is uh, is taking us and, and how we're exploring exploring that there. And that's it's also by the way surreal for me. It's surreal for me that we're talking about a Spider Man three. I walked I worked on a movie called Spider Man three many years ago, directed by Mr. Sam Raimi. So this clearly is the shorthand of calling Spider Man three now. It's fine. We call it Homecoming three. So, but that, but that, so that, um, that real Spider Man three title you were saying is 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 what now? Is not Spider Man three. <laughs> so, and on the movie front, I mean, the Disney Plus series. It seems like we're pretty guaranteed they're going to come when they're when they're slated for now. The movies. I mean, in today's world, it seems we're hoping. How confident is everybody that that Black Widow will drop in in May this year? I mean confidence is uh, meaningless in today's world because we don't know, nobody knows anything. Yeah. Hope, hope springs eternal. Um, a year delay you would hope would be, would be enough. There's a vaccine out there now. We'll see. But, uh, but um, I, I, I certainly hope so. Absolutely. I want to be back in the theater with people. Do you, how do you, do you guys have like a plan for when you kind of, like this is uncharted territory to, to relaunch the marketing of Black Widow. And then also, I mean, you have movies coming out closer together than ever before. Shang-Chi's just two months later. Like, do you guys know well, when we've that? We've had happened? that before. I mean, Endgame and, and Far From Home were the same length. We've had that before. Um, and we have the, the, the uh, pleasure and the privilege of working with the greatest marketing department in the history of Hollywood. So restarting that campaign, any of those campaigns I have great confidence in. What I don't have confidence in is the timing because, because – uh, we're dealing with the global pandemic, so I don't know. Right, right. And so uh, of the announcements, the Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion was one of those. And that's a, one of the coolest events in comic history. It's a huge event. It involves so many characters. Will it, do you, is it safe to say the show will kind of have a similar scope in any way? A similar scope to what? The, just the size <laughs> of how many characters were impacted and involved in the universe being altered by it. Uh, well, no, I mean, there were more characters in the Secret Invasion comic series than there were an endgame right because in publishing <laughs> you do it so no it's not that um but it but it very much is a showcase for uh sam jackson and ben mendelson and tapping into the uh the um sort of paranoia elements of the of the secret invasion um comic series that that was great um with the twists and turns that 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 took so that's certainly our focus more than can we cram in more characters than Endgame, uh, like uh, publishing? Yeah, and, and, and listen, unsurprisingly, my last thing for you, and I preface this with what we've just talked about and all the things we haven't even had time to talk about is an amazing slate. It's a dream for a Marvel fan. Uh, but about three years ago now, Kevin, you told me that Nova has immediate potential. It's been three years. So my question for you is, uh, is, is no, where is Nova at? Is this a character we should expect maybe one day, a solo film, a supporting role, Richard Ryder, Sam Alexander? Well, yes and yes and, and yes. Uh, timing is, is relative, right? I think I talked about, I think I would talk about Doctor Strange eight years before that movie came out. So immediate potential is, uh, is relative. Um, but clearly we are not, um, shying away from the cosmic end of storytelling right in the sweet spot of the Nova Corps and uh, Nova himself. So. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see that one day. If Listen, you got, you got to put me in that movie, Kevin. Come on. 
Uh, th- listen, it's a, it's an absolute treat. It's a privilege to get to talk to you. I appreciate your time. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for the world to get back to the MCU to see WandaVision because the show's so good. I can't wait to see what y'all have in store for us all, all right. year long. All right. Look forward to seeing you in person, Brian. Thank you. Good seeing you. To watch that interview again, it will be available on YouTube uncut. Uh, there will be no middle gap there as we did here on Phase Zero, just for you to watch straight through. And we will have more coverage on comicbook.com slash Marvel. Uh, I think that's our show, everybody. That's our first episode of Phase Zero. Ta-da! I am officially cast as Nova. You heard it here first. So uh, I will. This is my first and last episode of Phase Zero. I am starting my role with Marvel. Uh, no, seriously, thank you so much to everybody who watched today, everybody who has followed the Phase Zero account on Twitter and uh, supported this to launch and will continue to support. I hope you had fun. If you have anything you want to talk more about, see us talk about on next week's show or anything in between, uh, anything you want you, you think can help us make the show better, please Send it my way on Twitter at Brandon Davis BD. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Jamie, let everybody know how they can find you. I'm on Twitter at Jamie Cinematics. And right now I'm only tweeting about WandaVision. So follow <laughs> me for that content. And uh, red shirt guy, Jim Viscardi, where can we find you? I make it real simple at Jim Viscardi. I will, uh, I, you know, I stand Geodude and Moon Knight. And, uh, you know, that's basically all I tweet. And I just, you know, bother Brandon. <laughs> always in my dms that Viscardi. uh thank you so much everybody i am brandon davis you can find me at brandon davis Beattie. if you are listening to us on twitch make sure you subscribe right now because we record live every friday at 12 p.m eastern time 9 a.m pacific full spoilers for all things marvel that come out that day and if you are listening to us on apple podcasts please leave a five-star review it'll help us grow and create more opportunities for awesome fun stuff spotify Stitcher, iHeartRadio, everything I've heard Kofi Outlaw and say on the Comic Book Nation podcast, I am saying here. At Phase Zero CB also on Twitter. That's right. That's right. At Phase Zero CB on Twitter. Uh, uh, there is just going to be fun stuff on Twitter. Breakouts from this. If you break clips out from this show, you can bet we will be retweeting them. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Phase Zero and helping make this possible, everybody. I can't wait to do this with you. Every single week for the rest of our lives, the MCU is back. Head over to comicbook.com slash Marvel for more updates. I'll see you there.